author of your story, when you meet the author, the one who knew you before your mama and your daddy knew you, they just knew they were practicing a thing and they did not know you were there. But there's the author of your story knew that you were there from the moment. In fact, he knew before you were created. He ordained your creation. So introduce yourself to the author of your story and he'll say, baby, I've been authoring your story since before you knew you were you. And after you're gone off this earth and you no longer know that you're you, hopefully you'll be in heaven knowing that you're you, I will be the one that carries on the legacy of your prayers after you're gone. You need to meet the author of your story. A few um, weeks ago, the Lord dropped a word into our midst and he just said, break, break rank. So today I want to take a few minutes and kind of dig into that, if you'll let me do that. Today I'm going to focus on people and things that we need to break rank with. If you let me come back sometime, we'll talk about fall in line with his army. But today we're talking about breaking, breaking rank. What does it mean to break rank? It means to fail to conform. It means to deviate. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. How does this happen? By the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? You focus on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Do you know what his purpose is for you? See, sometimes we, we chase the elusive will of God. Church folks chase the elusive will of God. We had a church member a long time ago. She was a controlling manipulator. She'd make her yearly trek into pastor's office and say, what is the will of God for me to do in this church? I feel like the Lord's going to speak to you. She always met a wall. Boy, y'all got quiet. Y'all were shouting a while ago. He says, do not be conformed to this world with superficial values and customs. Then we go to 1 Peter 1.14. Live as obedient children of God. Wow, that's a strong statement, isn't it? See, we're guilty of saying to our children, obey. But we don't obey. Live as obedient children of God. Do not be conformed to the evil desires which governed you in your ignorance before you knew the requirements. 
and before you knew the transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. John 12, 48 says, I came into this world as a light. I came so that everyone who believes in me will not stay in darkness. So dissect that scripture. Are there those who say they believe in him who remain in darkness? Notice I said say they believe. Just because they call themselves a believer does not mean they're a believer. See, life is a journey, and, and along the way we make choices, and we allow people and things to become attached to us. But I just came in here today to let you know your choices matter. Your everyday choices matter. What you tolerate every day matters. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed. Look at that. My people, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Wow. See, many people open trap doors of calamity, destruction, and death in their lives. The things that we know that are there that we don't deal with, you can open portals over your life of darkness. Portals of deception, portals of destruction, portals of calamity over your life. See, ignorance or a lack of knowledge, see, sometimes it's not, we just play like we're ignorant. It's a more dangerous to, to know and not do. The Bible says to him who knows what to do and does it not, it is sin. So there's the picture of the church. Because the church knows what to do. We just don't want to do it. So when we know what to do and we don't do it, then it causes us to get passive and we start giving ground that belongs to us to the enemy. See, ignorance begets irreverence. And irreverence begets disobedience. See, when we do not properly discern the schemes of the enemy, then it negatively affects our lives, our homes, our churches, our nation, every aspect of our lives. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp and a light. But it's not a lamp and a light stuck in your nightstand drawer or on a shelf, in a bookshelf. There are people around the world in some of the dark corners of the world that would give everything they have for me to cut just one scripture out of this Bible. There are people groups who have been known to take a scripture that's been cut out of a Bible and hide it in a stack of potatoes in their house so the anti-gods cannot find it. Yet we have it accessible to us. Deuteronomy 8.3 says, Man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. See, we've got to know his word and live his word or we're choosing death. As believers, 
we should know before the battle starts that we are being attacked. If you're always caught off guard and you're always shocked and you're always being slapped by waves, you need to sharpen your senses in the spirit realm. See, you don't just wake up one day and your whole life is falling apart. Were there any telltale signs leading up to that falling apart moment that we didn't deal with, that we didn't address, that we didn't confront? See, we don't just get up one day and find ourselves living in poverty. And see, when I say the word poverty, you go immediately to money. But you can have a poverty spirit and a poverty mindset and a poverty set of emotions. But we need to know if we're being attacked, where did it start from? What was the root of it? When did that thing start? See, we should get comfortable with confrontation. And, and a lot of people don't like confrontation. Confrontation can be loud. It can be aggressive, but it can also be a soft answer. It can also be, I've just decided to change my actions. I've just decided to draw a boundary. I'm not playing in that sandbox anymore. I'm not getting in. I'm not going to get in that little sandbox and start throwing sand at you. I'm, I'm done playing. I'm tapping out of this game. I'm going quiet where you're concerned. I have nothing to say. Because every time I try to say something to you, you get, you get crazy. You can't even talk a, a good conversation. You can't even agree to disagree. You lose your mind. And when you get aggressive, I'm going to get aggressive. It's just going to get nasty. So I'm going to just be quiet. See, y'all got some aggressive folks and y'all got some people in your families y'all been dealing with. I recognize those spirits. They're familiar spirits, I know. See, until we learn to draw godly boundaries, you cannot change a person who does not want to be changed. You can spend your life and your years trying to change. You know, and, and if you missed the School of Roar yesterday, you missed Dr. Shirley dropping a truth in this building. You know, the church has become too much like the world trying to relate to the world. The world doesn't need the world. The world needs a Savior that heals them and sets them free and shines the light on their darkness. You know, where are the follow me as I follow Christ people? We have to know before we're being attacked. And, and we've all said, I've said it myself, sometimes in your, if you're in a battle, you don't know if it's God or the devil. Well, we really should never make that statement. You must know the character of God. And once you know the character of God, you will never ascribe his character to the enemy. See, John 10, 10 is a very familiar portion of Scripture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So anything that has come into your life to rob from you, to try and take you out, that is not God. God did not send his one and only beloved son to go to a cross and take brutal stripes on his back and be plunged with swords in his side to put sickness on you. Sickness is not a gift from God. 
it's an enemy attack in your life. So you have all the authority to say, I belong to God. Healing flows in my body. I will reject this diagnosis. It cannot live within me. But you'll see some so-called Christians, you know, I've been around the church my whole life, and I've been around funerals and caskets and all the things and weddings. And, you know, I've, I've heard people say, well, God just needed another flower for his garden. Help me with that stupidity. If he says, I want a flower before he gets it out of his mouth, he has one. Whatever kind he wants, a new species, a new brand, whatever, whatever he wants to create, he creates. We just start trying to explain why we won or lost a battle. Oh, they don't, they're kicking, Pastor, right now. They're kicking. See, there are some people that will tell you that, you know, God will teach you a lesson. Now, if you've got a praying mama or a praying grandma, he has the power to put you in some situations that will make you think about two or three things. But if we have lessons to learn, we learn those through prayer, prayer through his word and through godly leadership. God does not punish us and put stuff on us to teach us lessons. He has given you a test. It's an open book test. You have all of the answers. It's not multiple choice. The answers are in the book. So he's not going to put sickness on you to teach you a lesson. Now, if you ingest things into your life and you do things in your life, you're going to reap some stuff that you don't want. See, we have to discern the level of our enemy when we're under attack. I want to break this scripture down for just a second. It's, it's one we hear in the church a lot. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, okay? But I'm looking at flesh and blood, and I want to knock your block off. But I had to remind myself, there's a spirit driving that. Anybody can relate? You ever had all those, those encounters like, Jesus, I could just wipe you off the map right now. Are y'all just too Christian or do you ever feel that way? Some of y'all drive like raging idiots down the road. People you don't even know. You want to run them off the road. Let alone those irritating people who've been born into your family. Let alone your boss or your employees. Some days you better say, you know, you better be glad I got the Holy Ghost. Because sometimes he has to put restrainers on us. So let's break it down. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of this darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. What does that mean? Let's break it down. Principalities. Forces. Force and dominion that deal with nations and governments. There are some principalities at work now in the world that are spurring on the war and the wars. And, the, and see, you need, you need to understand, you know, there's lots in the news about Israel. There's lots in the news about Hamas and Palestine and, and all the things the one thing, spiritual Israel, that you need to understand is that Israel is at war today because they did not obey the voice of the Lord thousands of years ago. Their instructions were to dri completely drive out the enemy. 
The Bible says if you don't, there'll be like pricks in your eyes. So because they did not obey, they're still dealing with the thing. So spiritual Israel, what does that mean for us? If we don't completely drive out the enemy, we will continually deal with a war of the flesh. So principalities, force and dominion that deals with nations and governments, it's the order of the government. There's some principalities that work over America right now. So when you pray for your nation, you pray against principalities that are set on fire out of hell. Then there's powers. Powers will gain entrance into your life wherever they can take action. Then there are rulers. They govern the darkness and the blindness of the world, keeping people from seeing the wickedness and deception they are in. We're living in those moments. We are living in a moment where evil is good and good is evil. If you stand where what's right, you're a hater. You're guilty of hate crimes. Then host of wickedness. That assignment is to target the church. The method is always deception, fiery darts, onslaughts, doctrines of devils, and false works. That's what the host of wickedness is what paralyzes the church. It's what paralyzes pulpits. We start believing our own press. And when witchcraft starts operating in a pulpit, it bleeds to the chairs. Now, <coughs> I want you to know there are some low-ranking demons in the atmosphere of the darkness. I call them dumb spirits. They scream, they irritate you, they holler, they harass, they aggravate you, but they can only touch you if you fear them. Dumb spirits. Just dumb spirits. However, there are some higher-ranking spirits that are very smart. And they watch what you say. They watch where you look. They watch what you look at. They watch where you go. They watch who you go with. They take that information about your life and form strategies to destroy you. See, the, the enemy, Lucifer, Satan, is not omnipresent, he's not all knowing. We teach him. We inform him by what we say. We inform him by what we look at. We inform him by what we read. We inform him by, all, you know, everything we say and do. We inform him how to attack us by our responses. So he knows how to turn on the pressure. Oh, I got her then. I got him then. Watch this. I'm going to turn up the heat a little bit. See, there's just... Some dumb spirits that are just, their assignment is just to harass you. But you need to develop a, a German shepherd mentality. If you watch a German shepherd or some large dog that was built to be a world changer, not these happy kind of dogs. <laughs> My brother-in-law is here today, and one of his trips here, he had his 
I think it was Tyler. And that trip, he became very attached to me. And Tyler was one you didn't want to mess with. He was kind and he was good, but he had the power to take your head off. So that night I put Tyler's bed in my room and I, and I made the mistake of putting it over by the doors that go to our outside porch. So he could keenly hear all the little outside sounds. So we had all bedded down and we'd been asleep about an hour and I heard him going. And I woke up, I thought, oh shoot. I said, it's okay, baby. And I walked over to him and I moved his bed and he chilled and I moved his bed to the side of mine. In seconds it was. I thought, I have moved Grandpa beside of me now. I have one potential snorer on the right-hand side and one already moving in on the left-hand side. But to a dog like that and to a German shepherd, when you have a little yipping something up at their heel, they don't mess with them because they know I could turn around, you'd be a doggy snack in just one second. I could shut your face up. We used to have a, a, an American bulldog. His name was Judah. And we had a little yipping Yorkie. Now, Judah lived outside, and the yipping Yorkie lived in the house. So she would go to the bay window in the kitchen and just yip at him, like, I'm in here, you can't come in. He would look at her like, just, just dare walk out here. Just dare walk out here. I will eat you alive. I'm like, Jazz, you don't even know, baby. He's got a mouth like a crocodile. He could consume you. So you have to know who you are in the spirit realm. Those little harassing, irritating spirits will be forever with you. It's called life. It's called living with people. It's called being a person. It's called being a human. But you have to guard against the higher ranking powers of darkness that watch what you say, watch where you go, watch what you do, and you're feeding them an agenda to destroy you. See, what are the symptoms that we're being attacked? It's usually loss of spiritual hunger. It's usually loss of strength. It's usually you don't feel like yourself. When those things start happening, you need to start looking. See, it's time to reset the atmosphere and break rank. Living this way and breaking rank requires strength. It's time to break rank with sin. Hebrews 12, 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. I'm going to come to tell you there's some folks you cannot live in peace with, so you need to draw a boundary. There are peacemakers and peacekeepers. Peacekeepers try to keep peace at all cost. You let them walk over you, you're a doormat, you're just trying to keep the peace. Peacemakers make their world peaceful. I'm not going to put up with some stuff in my world. Some stuff's not entering my sanctuary. Because I'm a peacemaker. Without, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy without holiness or the word sanctification can be inserted there. No one will see the Lord. Strong words. See, in this season, I've told you repeatedly, the enemy is not playing. He's out to destroy you. In this season, God is not playing. He has set standards in his word. And this, this thing is winding up. There's a separating of the sheep and goats. The wheat and the tares. He said there'd be no separation until harvest time. 
And all of a sudden you start seeing people that you had confidence in and they're living in wonky. Get in the book and live the book. Break rank with anger. When you're angry, he says, don't let that anger make you sin. And don't stay angry all day. One verse says, don't let the sun go down. You control your anger. Break rank with fear. Psalm 56, for what harm could a man bring to me with God on my side? I will not be afraid of what comes. I love this translation. The roaring praises of God will fill my heart and I will always triumph as I trust his promises. You can take that one verse and live life. This book is so rich. It's rich enough to take one verse and live every day on for 365 days. This is a good one. With God on my side. Is he on your side? Then why are you afraid? Do you have roaring praises of God in your heart? That's a key. About three of you did. That's why you're living in fear. Fear is the greatest tool in the enemy's arsenal. It can paralyze us. We need to break rank with frustration. I love this translation. It's going to hit some of us. Before I confessed my sins, I kept it all inside. My dishonesty devastated my inner life, causing my life to be filled with frustration, irrepressible anguish, and misery. If that does not describe the moment in which we are living in this world, anxiety is at all-time high. You hear about mental health every day. Take them to Psalm 32.3. Confess your sins and be healed. And watch God turn it around. Break rank with opinions. <laughs> I love this translation. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. I've told you so many times, we can pray something so fervently, we are convinced it's God's will. You need to come to the school of Roar, to the class of Acts 1-8. You'll learn why speaking in tongues is very important. The more you speak in tongues, the less you pray in English. The more you pray in English, the more you frustrate yourself sometimes. Ooh, somebody just kicked that back at me. I don't care. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you, and he will lead you in every decision you make. Turn your neighbor and say, everybody has an opinion. Look back and say, but mine matters to me. We're to have the mind of Christ. We should reflect the opinions of his word. See, the opinions of others should never supersede God's word. And we get in trouble when we start letting other voices lead us to places we should not go. Lead us into thought patterns we should not have. Help lead us into participating in things we should not participate in. So break rank with opinions and break rank with offense. Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say, you could offend me in just a minute if you tried. <laughs> Look back and say, it's fun to offend you sometimes. <laughs> if you shrug off an insult and refuse to take offense, 
You demonstrate discretion indeed. But the fool has a short fuse. Everybody say, ouch. And will immediately let you know when he's offended. See, we need to stop being firecrackers. Or those little fake pop things. You ever use those little fake package of little things that you throw in the concrete and it just pops? And it has no power. It's just annoying. That's the way some people are. I think you ought to be an M80 in the spirit realm. So how do you know about M80s? Well, back in the day when I was a kid, my parents took us to my mother's cousin's house in Carthage, Tennessee. I went to the backyard with my cousin. He's the only cousin I would have ever married, probably. <laughs> We've acted like we were husband and wife at a funeral before because people say, are y'all together? Like, no, we're cousins. We're not. That happens in Kentucky, not no, mostly in Tennessee <laughs> or West Virginia. <laughs> and we were too close to cousins to get together. But I'm in the backyard with my cousin, and there were some other kids back there, and he had M80s. I remember holding them in my hand and lighting them and throwing them. Now, I guess my dad lost his mind because they were sitting in a house, and no parent ever came outside to ask what the big booms were. When I grew up and realized, dear God, I held some dynamite in my hand. And if it had misfired, I might have been missing a hand. So fast forward later on in life, my brother-in-law's oldest child, Taylor, was a lap baby. He came to see us. We were living in Alabama. And he and Pastor, I think Don brought the M80s. So we're sitting outside of my house and these two boys put an M80 in a concrete block. Awesome. Awesome. It was great. I'm holding Taylor. And when that thing began to explode, concrete was hitting my car, and I I buried Taylor under myself. I'm like, dear God, what are y'all doing? That was a few years ago. Well, fast forward to just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Josiah had been at our house, and Ava had been at our house. And they had both been up in our bed watching a movie or something. And so in a couple of days, maybe the next day, I went to change the sheets. And we have a split king. So you've got two uh, uh, fitted sheets and then one whole big sheet on top. When I went to pull Pastor's mattress sheet off, his side, an M80 popped up in between those two mattresses. My heart about stopped. I went to him, I said, Steve Ball. (laughs) And it was probably Josiah who got it out of his night. There's been a cup in his nightstand drawer for years that's had an M80 in it. I'm like, do you understand one of those children held that in their hand? If one had just lit it in this house where we could be, he said, don't throw my M80 away. (laughs) It's gone. The garbage truck hauled it off. I'm like, dear God. 
So you talk about living under the covering of God's care. Oh, Jesus. I just thought if the, one of those children, especially my man child, that boy child, had lit that thing in my bedroom, if God had spared his life, what else would not have been spared in that room? Because it was an old M80. It ain't those weak things you buy now. So you need to be an M80 in the spirit realm. You need to know how to blow things up. To explode pieces of concrete of the word into the kingdom of darkness. So you're not some little firecracker dancing on the ground that don't scare nobody. Enemy's not scared of you. No, you need to be an M80. I'm going to preach a whole message on being an M80. Break, break rank with controlling manipulation. 1 Corinthians 10, 14, when you see people reducing God to something they can use of or control, get out of the company as fast as you can. Proverbs 25, 28, a person without self-control is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. Wow. You can't control everything. There are some people who are so, they've been manipulating so long, it's as easy for them as breathing. It's all they know. But it's up to you to not be that person and to recognize that person and draw a line. Stop participating in their manipulation. I'm going to set you free today. God did not call you to be anybody's doormat. Not your husbands, not your mamas, not your mom-in-law, not your brothers, not your daddies, not your friends, not your, not your employers, not your employees. You can't control God, but you can control yourself. It's time to break rank with negative thinking, with depression, with disease, with unwise financial decisions. It's time to break rank with I'm a failure mentality. It's time to break rank with I am not worthy. You are worthy because he says you're worthy. It's time to break rank with your past. It's time to break rank with rebellion and relationships that are out of order. It's time to break rank with lack of commitment and broken covenants. Proverbs 19.23 says, Respect the Lord and you will have a good life. One that is satisfying and free from trouble. Wow. Just because you respect the Lord. Proverbs 22.4 says, The re reward of humility. That is having a realistic view of one's importance. You should not underestimate who you are in God. You should never underestimate the authority and the power and the confidence that you have in the spirit realm. Neither should you feel greater than and look down your spiritual nose at somebody else who's struggling on their journey. The reward of humility, that is having a realistic view of one's importance and the reverent, worshipful fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. So let's land this plane. And I'm going to leave you with this. Test every choice through the word. What today do you need to break rank with? Things that you've tolerated in your family, in your life, in your personal choices that have given the enemy entrance and he's taken territory that belongs to you. There's some areas that we probably all need to break rank with. I want you to stand with me.
And I want you just to, to bow your heads for just a moment. If there's an area in which you are saying to yourself, yeah, I, I might need to break rank with that. Or maybe you're already working on it. I want you to, to just raise your right hand in the privacy of this moment. Nobody's looking around. And with your right hand raised, if you know there's some things in your family you need to break rank with and, and there's someone in your family you've been praying over that they would break rank with a life choice, just raise your left hand. Father, in this moment, in your sanctuary, in your presence, we recognize there are things that we need to break rank with. There are spirits of darkness that we have given entrance to. And those spirits of darkness have taken territory in our families, in our businesses, in our personal life. So today we repent for allowing the enemy to have entrance into our lives. You've given life to us as a gift. And your word is full of promises when it comes to life in you. So today, all over this sanctuary, we lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. We repent and we say to you, as a corporate body, those watching online and those watching via streaming later, we say to you, we want to break rank with anything that aligns us with the kingdom of darkness, with anything that looks like, smells like the enemy. We want to break rank. We're tired of living in certain ways. There are people that we have in our lives, we need to break rank with them because we've allowed wrong relationships. We've tolerated disrespect. We've tolerated abuse. So today, we repent and we ask for your strength, Holy Spirit, to help us break rank. Not be ugly, but just change our actions. Go quiet. Quit arguing. Quit fussing. Quit contending with each other. Just be done and be quiet in your presence. God, help us to know you and to hunger for your word. For your word is the lamp and your word is the light. Help us to know what spirits and what level we're dealing with. God, we pray over our nation today for the principalities that are ruling and reigning over America. I rebuke the demonic control of principalities over America, over our government, over our politicians, over those who are trying to stand for right and hordes of demons start attacking them. Father, I rebuke the powers and the rulers of darkness and the host of wickedness that have come into your church and we've married those spirits. We have catered to those spirits. We've cowed down to those spirits. There are reserved seats and sanctuaries for those, those spirits. Not here, Father. 
May, us, may we ever recognize those spirits of darkness that try to infiltrate. I rebuke their power and their influence over people's lives. I talk to people's eyes right now. Be opened in Jesus' name. In families' eyes, be opened in Jesus' name. In spouses' eyes, be opened in Jesus' name. In parents' eyes, be opened in Jesus' name. I release healing to our families. I release wholeness to our bodies. I rebuke the spirit of infirmity that attaches itself. You are a trespasser. You have no right to attach yourself to us in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We rebuke you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for the many answered prayers in this house just this week. Just this week, Father. We don't have to look back but just a few hours at major prayers you've answered. Miraculous moments where you've walked in and turned a thing around. A thing that only you could turn around. We give you praise. And we give you honor. And we give you respect. The respect you deserve. And the position that you deserve in our lives. It is in you that we live and move and have our being. May we ever be conscious of that. May we not breathe another breath without recognizing you gave me that breath. May we go to bed tonight and you be the last thing on our minds and a prayer of thanksgiving on our lips for a good day in your spirit. May we rise in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Be with me today. Be with me in my choices. You've called me more than a conqueror. So today I walk in that. God, help us to stop underestimating who we are and who you are in us. So today we break rank where it's needed and we fall in line with you and your word. And together we walk victoriously taking territory that the enemy has possessed. Your word says we'll rebuild the foundations of cities. Just call us the rebuilders. Just call us the repairers of the breach. Just call us the, the bridge builders. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We pray and ask in that most awesome name. The name that we whisper in the middle of the night. And you're there. The name that we say when a car is swerving toward us. And you're there. The name that goes before us. As we drive down these crazy streets, the name that goes with our children as they walk down hallways of a school, that name, that name, the name above all names, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Somebody just needs to say Jesus, Jesus. At the very mention of your name, sir, darkness starts trembling. We don't have to do anything but just say your name. Just say your name. <laughs> we don't have to pray paragraphs. We don't have to pray essays. 
All we have to know is Jesus. Just Jesus. There's just something about your name. Jesus. That name is the name we pray in. And we say it all in Jesus' name. And we agree with your word in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want you guys just to stay where you are. I want you just to put your hand on your heart. And I want you just you guys just to take us into worship for just a moment. He wants to have a moment with you as we close out this day of worship as you begin to start this next week and all the things that you have planned to do I believe your next seven days can look and feel different and be different because of the moment that you're in right now so you need to live so aware of his presence That you bump into him. And so you don't have to bump into him. He's in you. God, increase our awareness. Increase our awareness.